Uppercut Podcast, we are back with a full team tonight. We're going to be diving into this UFC 287 card. The UFC's finally found its way back to Miami, Florida. We haven't, well, it was supposed to be 11, turned to a 10 fight slate because a fight got canceled. And I got to say, boys, even in lieu of the recent return of John Jones and Leon getting his homecoming at the O2, I think this is a pretty sneaky good card. What do you guys think? Yeah, no fucking doubt. This is a banger in the 305. Oh, my God. This is a great card. It sucks, though. We lost the Leech and uh, Kiesa fight, which I was so excited yeah. for. You guys Dude, know. I'm just praying we see Pitbull in the crowd. For real, that'd be dope. I'm, I hope that. <laughs> At least Mr. Flo Rida or something, yeah, dude. Something. Um, dude, but, yeah. Rose's got to be there, I would think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, never mind. I just had a bad thought. But I'm not gonna say it out loud. Um, okay. And then also, <laughs> you guys know, you guys know, Leech is one of my favorite fighters of all time. So that sucks not see him fight. And then we also missed out on the Chris Barnett and Chase Sherman fight. It got switched yeah, over to that, Carl. That Williams. one, that one's a heartbreaker. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Chris Barnett in front of that Miami. I can't crowd get my dope. fucking my fix of Chris Barnett in, dude. Yeah. And that guys, one really hurts. Hopefully, Leach is okay. He has to get like he might have to get spinal surgery. That sounds yeah, insane. spinal surgery. That's insane. Yeah, so that's that's a tough way to start the card already. But like you said, Mike, there's a lot of good fucking uh, fights on this card. Yeah, it's just weird because it's following up. You're following up Islam Volk, Return of John Jones, and then fucking Leon getting his homecoming. But I have to say, I I seriously think this one could be the best of those four cards. I 100% agree. And real quick, let's go over the the records real quick just to remember, remind everybody of what we have going right now. So Mikey is 48 and 37 all time, and he's four and five on NyQuil Fight of the Night picks. I had to fix Jeff's record, but we got it right now. Jeff is 58 and 36 all time and five and six on Hammy Sosa Lock of the Night picks. And then I myself am 52 and 41 all time. And also, as we say, Every episode, please join our Verdict League. The link is in the description in the link tree, which is in the description of every episode. Um, there's currently seven people in there, and you can make picks on a free app. Um, everything you there, that you do is free. You can join a league and make picks now on the PFL, which just started this Saturday, and on UFC cards. Uh, it's the first five cards of the main or the first five fights of the main card, and sometimes like a prelim fight here or there. Um, it's a lot of fun. You can level up. It's free. And if more than 10 people get it, uh, we're all going to throw in some money and give the money to the winner. So please join the Verge League. Yeah. And the PFL card this past weekend was pretty fucking good, too. I got to say, it was it was Great. nice to have that to hold it over. I completely agree. All right. Let's dive into this because I'm really, really interested to hear both you guys' opinions on this. So the saga continues. Israel Adesanya rematches Alex Pajeda to try to retain his title. I had to note, if you're a listener and you really want a storyline to get into the UFC, have something to grab you and hold you to the UFC, this is probably, in our time period, the best storyline you can be following at the moment. It's, I mean, it's just, it's turning into a legendary saga. Israel Desanya spent the last four years as a seemingly unbeatable middleweight champ, going to staggering 7-0 in his title defenses. Israel seemed un- unbeatable until the beginning of 2022. We heard ramblings of this guy, Alex Pajeda, who beat Israel twice from some unknown fucking kickboxing shit that no one knows about. He comes in, tracks down Izzy, makes this amazing, amazing finish in the fifth round of his of their rematch and retains the title, now becoming the middleweight champ. I am so gassed up for this fight, boys. I really don't even like watching Izzy fight, but this saga... 
Alex Pajeda, the way fucking Izzy's throwing this little shade at Pajeda constantly. I'm so gassed up to watch this. I don't even have a pick as of right now. I wanted to hear what you guys had to say first. Jefferson, who are you rolling with? Yeah, I'm starting it off right. I'm locking it up. Cammy Sosa's locking tonight. Alex <laughs> Pierre. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, I'm no fucking stooge. He's 3-0 and on the man. Fool me three times. You can't get fooled again. Well. I mean, every fight has gone the same way. I don't see how this one goes any different. Alex Pierre, he kind of gets beat the first few rounds. Definitely gets beat the first few rounds to the last fight. But he still works enough, works the leg, which is a huge, huge factor in these fights. He works that lead leg of Izzy, which Izzy really doesn't see much. He kind of, he kind of, I don't know, he, he has really good leg, leg kick defense, but Alex Pereira lands him good on him. And like we saw last time, flat, flat fucking tire. And that does huge damage late in the fight. And then Alex Pereira, he has the gas tank to weather the storm, and he just has that switch that he can just turn it on, and he has that nuclear fucking power that can just end it whenever. I was going to say, to comment, to piggyback on that real quick, too, can we just say he's just an absolute fucking gamer? Like, he just, when it matters and it's on the line, he does it. Like, I think going into his fight with Strickland, we probably all three thought maybe he could win, but it wouldn't be decidingly. And he, I mean, could he have done that in a in a more notable, better way to earn himself no. a title shot? Like, when the fucking shit's on the line, he is scooping the shit. Like, throwing oh, it, yeah. dude. He is just an absolute dog. He comes when it matters. Uh, I'm riding with Pereira as of right now, too. Max? Lock me up for Pereira, dude. I think this is easy money. And get him right now on DraftKings plus 115. I lock that the fuck up. I do not understand how he is coming in at plus money against a guy he has beat three times already and knocked out twice. Um, To me, I don't think there's much of a change that Izzy can do. There's no way he's going to implement as much wrestling, and there's no way that Pereira has not been practicing on his wrestling with Glover. That's his only glaring weakness is his wrestling. You better believe that that's what they've been practicing in Connecticut eat with Glover. Um, I think I think Alex Pereira is going to get this done here. I like Izzy a lot, but I don't know, man. This I think Alex Pereira is his kryptonite, and I will honestly be shocked if Izzy wins. Do any three of us think there's a chance that Izzy can somehow keep the distance and get his way to a decision win, or is there no shot? I don't it will probably happen now that all three of us are on Pierre. No. That's the best answer. That's honestly <laughs> the best answer from Jeff because I agree with that. Um, I think that Izzy's shot to win was last time. Um, Alex, it, it, he showed his weaknesses, and Izzy was capitalizing and winning that fight until the until the TKO, which was an early stoppage. I still think I agree with Ariel Hawani on that one for sure. I thought it was a little bit of an early stoppage, but um, yeah, I think. I think Izzy's opportunity was last fight, but now I think you're going to see a fully, like a fully complete Alex Pereira that, you know, he's only, this is going to be his ninth fight in the, in the earth, ninth fight in MMA. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah. I think you're going to see a Alex with that is able to put together the ground game with the striking. And I think he's going to get the win. Did you, did you really think it was an early stoppage? I, I thought it was a little early. I kind of disagreed because I think once you're not covering your head, 
Like you're just sitting there as a punching bag is what I thought at least. Well, I think when it's, and this is, is um this is Ariel Hawani's point. It's a title fight. You know, this is kind of like what the whole thing is. You you don't want there to be a question about the stoppage. You want it to be like obvious. And I don't know if it was, I think they could have given him a couple, like two or three more sh- seconds. Yeah, but really with a stoppage, you can't err on the side of fucking entertainment. You got to err on yeah. the side of call. And that's a, that, that's a very good point. That's a very, very good point. I don't so, think it's like abysmal. So do you guys think like what what could be Adesanya's path to victory here? Would it be decision? Is that the only way you can see him winning? He's can hurt he Alex stop before. him in his tracks. He hurt yeah, Alex. Yeah, he's before. almost stopped him in his tracks last fight. So I mean, who and, fucking knows? And I looked back at their kickboxing fight. I think the second fight he almost stopped him as well before he got knocked out in the second round, or he almost stopped him in the second round before he got knocked out in the third, something like that in kickboxing. Yeah, I think there was a lot of massive question marks going into Volk and Islam fighting each other, but I don't think there's more question marks in this fight. This is just like, I don't, I don't see how you can call this one going in. I know we're all riding prayer, but like, realistically, how do you make a call in this fight? I agree. I don't know. I mean, I guess you're just riding the fact that I guess all three of us are thinking somehow he knocks him out again. Yeah, that's I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's go to the Burns versus Masvidal fight. This one, I think, this is another one. I think it's like pretty one sided. Yeah, I have a feeling we're all going to sweep this one. We have number eleven ranked Jorge Masvidal taking on number five ranked Gilbert Burns. Jorge Masvidal, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what a personality to follow. Another thing, if you want something to latch onto the UFC, just go watch like a highlight tape of his through his UFC career. Just his personality, the way he delivers, just on big moments. Just an amazing guy to follow. And the one thing I like about Jorge is you could gradually watch him become more mature as a person. Like you can watch him fighting in Kimbo's backyard and now you listen to him talk and he's a little more, he's definitely a little more I mean, even keeled, I would jumped, say. He just jumped a guy like Colby Covington. He, he gets into public altercations all the time, but you know. Yeah, I mean this moment right now. He's a little more even yeah. keeled now than he was before. And He's just an awesome personality to follow to the UFC. Now you have Gilbert. I mean, could you pick a more opposite personality? No. Like, humble, down to earth, all he does is work and want to fight. That's it. There's nothing else to Gilbert besides that. Like, I'm sure he has a personality deep down inside. He doesn't show it. You see clips of him. He's running on treadmills. He's lifting weights. He's doing jujitsu. He's a down fucking to the bone motherfucker. And I am so excited for this fight. I think Jorge, with his hometown crowd backing him, is going to make this interesting at times. But I cannot pick against Gilbert in this fight. I think Gilbert's going to have a pretty easy time with him. What do you think, Max? Couldn't agree more. I think Gilbert gets this done going into it. Gilbert is 21-5, coming off of that submission win over Neil Magny. An awesome win for him. Masvidal, 35-16. and 16. He's on a three-fight loss streak. Granted, those have been to uh, Colby and Usman t- twice. So, I mean, like, those are elite fighters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep this short. I will be absolutely shocked if Burns loses this. I know they're around similar ages. I believe Masvidal's 38 and Burns is 36. It does not matter. These guys are on, I think, different planets right now in terms of fighting. I know I'm undervaluing Jorge maybe a little bit, but I think he's got a lot going on outside of the ring i mean he's got like that lawsuit situation with colby and he's also got um game bread boxing that he has to kind of be like the face of and they just had a card last week so i mean like he's got to be working on that as well i don't know 
if it's a Connor situation where um, he's becoming a businessman, he's getting bigger than the sport, and if he's kind of still as locked into the sport, I'm not sure. But either way, I think Gilbert Burns is going to get this done because he is the better fighter. He took Hamzat. He tested Hamzat. He's the only one to, in the world to be able to do that yet. So, yeah. Jefferson. You know what? Don't. Fuck it. Give me Don't. Jorge. God damn Fuck it. Give I knew me Jorge. It. Dude, I mean, <laughs> Gilbert's going away. But. It's Jorge in Miami. I mean, there's no picking against him. Are you crazy? I I, I just, I have this feeling that it's going to be something special on Saturday. And, I mean, in front of his home crowd, this is the fight that he wants. In, I mean, it's obviously going to be a fucking banger. I, Gilbert really doesn't like to take it to the ground against, like, someone who's going to throw like that. Like, we really didn't even see Camaro go to the ground much. So I feel like, what you call it, I feel like it's going to be a on your feet fucking back and forth fucking back and forth fucking brawl. And dude, I don't know. I just feel like Jorge might pull something out of his ass. Shooting Fair for the stars with that one. I yeah. can't. I can't pick Jorge. Fuck I, it. Give me fucking Jorge. How, how much of a dog is he right now? Like minus three or Dude, four or something. Minus? I mean plus, sorry, plus, plus, not minus, plus. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for me, I just, I don't even see Jorge's path to victory in this one. I'm going to piggyback on Max again and say, like, you couldn't have been more right. I think Gilbert, even at 36, could be a fight or two away from a title shot. Yep. I think Jorge, if he loses, is probably done. I just think oh, they're he on. He said he's done. Yeah, they're just on two different facets of life right now. Jorge's got had great moments. I love it. He's one of my favorite personalities ever in the UFC, but I don't think this is a favorable matchup for him whatsoever. Oh, yeah, not at all. I don't know why I'm picking Jorge, but I'm picking <laughs> Jorge. And, and, I like, it up. and they've always talked about his takedown defense. Is that like around 75%? But even if Gilbert doesn't hit the mat, I don't think Jorge has a striking advantage at all. I agree with that. But he does I, have that fucking nuclear option. You can't disagree with that. And he does have the option, like you were, I think you were alluding to this, to pull something out of his ass. He definitely has that. Like, Gilbert does not have that. Jorge does. Yes, yeah, I completely no agree with you. So we're all going to ride with, well, me and Max Gilbert, Jeff riding with Jorge. Yeah, yes, weird sir. one. Weird one. Um, let's talk about uh, the Bostonian here, Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. I think this is going to be a fucking banger. What do you think? Oh, striker's delight, dude. Mm. I mean, just dude, a striker's. I mean, Rob Go Font's going to look like a fucking toaster by the end of this, Sean, no doubt. So you're riding with Yanez, Jeff? I, I don't know, dude, because Rob Font's going to put out fucking double what he gets hit, but he gets hit like a motherfucker, so. God knows, dude. I just I know this is gonna be a brawl, dude. Give me Rob Font. I just think it's a, a biting off a little too much too early for Giannis, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean to be fair, going into it, Rob Font nineteen and six. He's on a two fight loss streak. Adrian Giannis sixteen and three. He's on a nine fight win streak. This is a huge step nine up for Giannis, streak, dude. That could yeah. be fucking ten each. I know, and I mean, but it is a huge step up for Giannis, who's never fought a guy as good as Font, and Font has had 
has fought elite competition as such as Cheeto Vera, Jose Aldo, Cody Garbrandt, Marlon Morris, Ricky Simone, Sergio Pettis, and more big names. Um, I mean, the biggest win for Giannis is what, like the Tory Tony, not Tony or Tory Tony. Cody I don't think he, I don't think he's fought anyone within the top 100. Yeah, so what he, I read today he has not fought a lot of any like really anyone elite. That being said, Giannis is one of the better boxers in that division for sure. Um, he's like you said, Jeff or Mike, this is going to be a fucking striker's delight. He's still very young. He's not been damaged like font has. Um, he's only 29. He's a ridiculous boxer. And we know that font is going to be, is going to box with him. I'm worried about the damage that font has taken, um, both of his fights against Aldo and Vera, he got really damaged and he's 35 right now. Damage is a lot harder when you're older like that. I'm really scared for him here because he's from our area. I was supposed to meet him with Carlos Candelario, but it never worked out. I got like six feet of snow and had to stay home. But um, yeah, I, I hate picking against him, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Adrian Yanez here. I think he I think he answered he passes the test. You know what, Max? You convinced me. I'm switching it up. Give me Yanez. Let's go. Now he's, gonna, <laughs> I mean, now he's gonna miss that. Yeah, I know. But God, dude, you fucking you saying you really saying like how much damage he's taking? It's bad. He has gotten absolutely murdered the last few. I I, I want to say something about that real quick too. Not only the damage he's taken, but the amount he's given out has been kind of underwhelming as of late. He's thrown like I did the math. I think it was five hundred ninety-eight strikes his last three fights, and he has not gotten a finish in any three of those fights. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the thing about him. He's that's just, crazy. He's just throws and catches, dude. It's ridiculous he and it's all the way to the decision almost every time it's re, it's nuts it is yeah and Giannis is a wizard dude I, I'm also gonna round around this pick out with Giannis I really would like Rob Font to win but I just just like I was just saying about Jorge I can't see his path to victory on this one whatsoever yeah he, but he, I have I, I don't love sadly enough I don't love Rob Font like I love Jorge so I'm rocking out <laughs> with Giannis <laughs> Let's jump into this next one. This is going to be my NyQuil fight of the night because I could not see anything else without maybe Joe Bodybags Pfeiffer throwing a nuke in the mirror chart. <laughs> I could not see another fight where I thought I was more confident it's going to end in a finish of some sort. We got Kevin Holland taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm going to be honest, dude. I think this is really a do-or-die fight for Kevin Holland. I, I think this could really either cataclysmic cataclysmy, however the fuck you would say that, That's destroy Kevin. I mean, I think it could destroy Kevin Holland's career or it could send him back into the rankings, maybe fighting a top tenner. Like, this fight is really do or die for Kevin Holland. What do you guys think about Holland? Yeah, this is definitely a do or die for Kevin Holland, and this is a huge fucking, huge step for fucking Pazanibio. But I think Kevin Holland pulls it off in this. Oh yeah, I, I think this is a huge spot for him. He's kind of used to fighting. I feel like he's he's fought better talent and won, or at least kept it close. And only thing I'm worried about is his hand. That hand injury. I mean, it was only what January he fought. Yeah, and he. He fucking destroyed his hand in that Steven Thompson fight. I 
that's the only thing I'm worried about, but I feel like hand injuries, they kind of heal quick and good usually. So give me Kevin still. Yeah, another thing that terrifies me about Holland going into this is coming off that Wonder Boy loss is he just showed such an inability. I know Jeff pointed out he showed such an in- inability to use his fucking reach. And this is another fight where he has an eight-inch reach advantage. And you want to think he's going to go in there almost like Adesanya style and just use that to his advantage and roll his opponent. But he showed such an inability to do that against someone at like Wonder Boy who's almost 40. Like, that just terrifies me. I'm, I mean, I'm going to roll with Holland just because he's fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio. But I, I still think if he gets back into the rankings, I don't think – He's not going to be a champion. That's that's what I'll leave it at. I think he's going to have a hard time breaking the top 10, even if he gets this one. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, Kevin Holland, 23-9. He's on two-fight loss streak. Santiago Ponzinibbio, 29-6, coming off of a win over Alex Morano. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm not a big Ponzinibbio fan. I really just don't enjoy watching him fight, to be honest. Um, I was really not impressed with his last performance against Alex Morano. We talked about this on our episode of the uppercut we talked about how um Murano there was like no way that he was going to win because he was coming in on I think like 7 or 10 days short notice to fight Ponzinibbio um and it just looked like there was no fucking way he was going to get it done and he went out there and he won rounds 1 and 2 and got TKO'd in round 3 but i mean this was a fight that Ponzinibbio should have won from the very beginning and i i kind of hate doing this where we um shit on guys for their wins but um i mean i i really didn't like that win at all i didn't like that performance from ponzinibbio um i thought i just think kevin holland is going to be able to to knock him out honestly i think i know those he's on those two lost streak but like you guys said that's been a lot better competition than ponzinibbio and he does have that reach advantage and if he uses it i think he's going to knock ponzinibbio out as well yeah but let, let's be fair let's play that both ways at least holland should have beat wonderboy that's a yeah, like well, I, I, in my mind at least, one hundred ten percent. But that's not as much as like this was Alex Morano. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, a week notice. <laughs> yeah, on a, on a week notice. I mean, there's already levels to this game. I wouldn't. I would not say Alex Morano is on the highest level of fighter. And I mean, he came in ridiculously short notice and still put up a fight. A big yeah. one. Yeah, I this this is just do or die for Kevin Holland, boys. This could be the this could be the beginning of the end for him. I really hope not, though. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, we have the youngest fighter on the UFC roster himself, Raul Rojas Jr., taking on Christian Cirod Rodriguez. Raul Rojas has shown a fantastic ability at such a young age to not only grapple but he relentlessly puts himself in these positions to get a submission finish too. He doesn't just grapple just for control time and just to try to wear on his opponent. He looks for a submission every time he fights. But on the other hand, boys, I think this is going to be a pretty tough matchup for him. I don't know what you guys are thinking. Christian Rodriguez, he's a pretty slick grappler. He's not quite as sharp grappling as Raul, but he still has an impressive four submission wins of his eight professional fights. His striking and movement are pretty damn good for a prospect. His takedown defense has proven it needs a little bit of work, but it's still not horrible, granted, on who he's fought. I mean, he just came off a loss to JSP, Jonathan Pierce, and Jonathan Pierce is a tough motherfucker, I would think, compared to fighting Raul Rojas. I think still Rojas, this is just another stepping stone for him, and he will pull out the win. 
But I think this could even somehow end up in the round three. What do you think, Max? So, yeah, so the GS, the JSP fight is kind of the one that I really looked at just because of the grappling prowess. I don't, I think that's the guy who's going to be like the most similar to Raul Rojas Jr. in terms of just being like an elite level grappler. And in that fight, he, Rodriguez showed that um, he can be taken down and worked on. He obviously ended up getting the win via, or sorry, no, he lost that one via decision. Um, he didn't get finished, which is good. I think that this goes to decision. I don't know if Raul Rojas Jr. gets the submission. And I I know Raul Rojas Jr.'s striking is absolutely, or not his striking, his grappling is absolutely elite and is one of the better ones in the division. But his, his striking has still not been tested. It wasn't tested in his last fight. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing, one, how much of how many punches he can take, and two, what he can give out because it doesn't look like he's a phenomenal striker by any means. Um, that being said, I mean, wrestling and jujitsu are the great equalizers. So I do think he is going to get this win over Christian Rodriguez, but this is the biggest test in his career thus far. Um, and I know Rodriguez had that fight against Jonathan Pearson, who's a really tough opponent. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Raul Rojas Jr. here. Yeah, and uh, the one thing that really scares me for all going into this fight, though, is that if you watch C-Rod's uh, last fight against Josh Weems, he gets put on his back, and then Josh Weems goes to get full guard on him, and he slides into a guillotine. Like, I'm wondering yeah. if there's going to be a very similar scenario going into this fight for Rojas. Yeah. For being so young, that's, like, the big thing about Rojas is he got in here because he has his grappling IQ that fucking it's beyond phenomenal honestly the weird choke attempt that he can pull out during a fight is fucking crazy and i i think c rod just puts himself in little too bad positions to to for rojas to not capitalize throughout 15 minutes yeah i could not agree more uh do you guys think this makes it to round three or no Mm-mm. oh i think it i does. don't think it does I think it's a decision. Damn, you think it goes all the way to the judges, Max? I do think so, but I, I think it, I think Raul wins. No, nah, give think... me fucking Rojas by submission. Bring me my money, Max. You think it goes to the judges and Rojas wins? Yeah, I mean that that Jonathan Pierce fight. Just the fact that he wasn't he was able to not get finished. I think he's gonna. I think there's gonna be a lot of transitional grappling. I do. Yeah, I think you might be right. That's a pretty bold take. I'm going to round it out and take Rojas as well. And we'll hop into the prelim. Max, you want to take over the prelim? Yeah, let's let's do these prelims. Um, There's some pretty good ones. This next one is my uh, fight of the night, my prelim pick of the night. And it's Kelvin Gastelum versus Chris Curtis. Uh, Gastelum, 16-8. and eight. He's on a two-fight loss streak. Chris Curtis, somehow, I this blew my fucking mind, is 30-9. and nine. Um, And he's coming off of that KO win over Joaquin Buckley. Both of these guys started fighting in 2009 professionally, which is ridiculous. Chris Curtis seems so young to me. Um, and he is really young. He started, I think I did the math, and he was like 21 when he started professionally fighting, which is the same age that I am now, which is crazy to think about. Um, this is going to be an awesome fight. Both of these guys are in your face brawlers. Um, and I think these guys are going to get after it. I think I'm giving this one to Chris Curtis. Um, Gaslam's recent injuries, as well as the fact that his wrestling might be mitigated by Curtis's takedown defense, coupled with his willingness to box with Chris Curtis, I think that's a recipe for him to get uh, beat up pretty good by 
Chris Curtis, and I see him getting the win here because I just think that Chris Curtis is kind of like on the up while Gaslam's kind of slowing down here. I really don't like his injury history, and yeah, I see Chris Curtis getting it done. Yeah, this is a weird one for me, dude, because I think this is like if you just look at a card and you see Kevin Ga- or Kelvin Gaslam matched up with Chris Curtis, I think most people just off reaction, probably 10 out of 10 people pick Gaslam, like yeah. right off the rip. But then you start adding in his intangibles, and then you're like, ah, eh, maybe like five out of 10 people pick Gaslam. Then you add in his last five fights, and all of a sudden, no one picks Gaslam. Like, it's so fucking weird. It Gaslam is. has he, he has a far better skill set. I think we can all agree on that. But his inability to cut weight, his inability to really show up in big moments outside of Adesanya is just – it's so overwhelming for me. I can't pick against Chris Curtis in this spot. Jefferson? Yep, I'm, I'm rocking with you, boys. I mean, you know I love me some fucking Chris Curtis. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still not off the train. I mean, I know a lot of people – Popped off. I mean, dude, we were talking about him being the one to challenge fucking Izzy for the belt at one point. But I mean, a lot of people hopped off after that Jack fight, but I'm still here. I'm still rocking with him. I, I mean, he fucking he brings it every time he fights. He's a brawler. He's a dog. Give me Chris Curtis. He fixed yeah. it. He, he fixed it with the Joaquin Buckley fight. I'd say. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Gaslam's a brawler too. Like so is he, but there's just too many X's and not enough checks. Yeah, agree with that. Um, all right, let's go next to the next fight: Michelle Watterson Gomez versus Luana Pinedo. Watterson Gomez is eighteen and ten and is on a two-fight loss streak. Uh, Pinedo is ten and one is on an eight-fight win streak. I fucking love watching Pinedo fight. I think. She will take her time and read you, and then all of a sudden just unleash this like burst of strikes. Um, and she has this like ridiculous output rate. I'm a big fan of hers, and I think she's something special. Um, I know she had that law. It wasn't well. It was a win where she got absolutely kneed in the face. Um, and some people, I watched that fight back to like see what that what happened there again because I, I just want to refresh my memory. And I think she legitimately got fucking knocked. So. Um, I, w- I know some people were saying that she was like faking or whatever. If you watch that back, she got she literally asked if she won if she lost the fight after she got knocked like that, um, which is not a question you would ask if you were like mentally sound at that moment. And her eyes looked fucked. So, yeah, I thought she got I, I thought that was an unfortunate strike. I, I'm a big fan of her. Michelle Watterson Gomez. Um, I mean, that fight against was it Amanda Lemos where she got submitted after taking her down. I. I don't know. I'm not a huge Michelle Watterson Gomez fan. Um, she's getting older now. She's starting to kind of decline a little bit, I think. And I just, I she stands at a distance too much, I think. And I don't know. I, I like, I like Luana Pinedo here. I think it's perfect spot for her to get the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding with you 100, percent Max. You diagnosed that perfectly, like exactly what I was thinking. I just think Michelle Watterson's on her way out. Luna's on her way up. Michelle's probably had her better days behind her. I, I don't see this being welfare yeah jefferson yeah this is not gonna be a good one for <laughs> the karate hottie sorry to say i mean that last fight she got absolutely fucking mauled how what was it two minutes into the second round amanda lamas fucking just ragdolled her and fucking 
took control of her and fucking guillotined her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me, give me Pinero. I mean, this might be the last one for Karate Hottie. <laughs> I, I think we're all in the same boat there. This next fight, Gerald Mearshart versus Joe Pfeiffer. Talk about a fight that we cannot figure out how it's going to end because this could happen. I mean, Gerald Mearshart is never out of a fight. He's a ridiculous 35 and 15. He's coming off of a huge submission win over Bruno Silva. Joe Pfeiffer is 10 and 2. He's on a three fight, three KO win streak. Um, the thing about this fight is that it can end at any time because of the power of Joe Pfeiffer and the grappling and submission ability of G- Gerald Mearshart, who is never out of a fight. I'm picking Joe Pfeiffer here because I noticed that Gerald Mearshart kind of keeps his hands low. Um, his defense mostly like head movement and things of that nature. I think he leaves himself open to shots, and I think Pfeiffer has power that is rarely seen by or is seen by few guys. Like not not everyone has the type of power that Joe Pfeiffer has and is able to score the knockouts as easily as Joe Pfeiffer has. I, the Dana White Contender Series one, you saw him throw the tiniest like it was like a it was like a transitional strike. Um, and, and, and it just fully put out the guy without even like, you, you, I had to watch over like three times to see what happens. And then his last KO was just taking the head off that dude. Um, this is a huge step up in competition. It's a huge test for Joe Pfeiffer. And I think if he passes this one, that's a big stepping stone at, for him. Um, and Gerald Mearshart, he has so much experience. He's fought just about everyone. Um, I'm, and he, he has the advantage on the ground against Joe Pfeiffer. That's what I think is he's going to like look to do. I really hate to do this because I love Gerald Mearshart, but I'm taking Joe Pfeiffer. I don't feel good about it, though, because I, I see this going one of two ways. I see a knockout for Joe Pfeiffer or a round three submission win for Gerald Mearshart. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm picking. Jeff, what do you feel about this fight? Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I mean, Mearshart, he's a dog. He's got surprising power on the feet, honestly. Yeah, he's got some. He's but got some he's got world class fucking grappling. But, I mean, you can't get out of your head. Fucking Mike can't get out of his head. I can't get out of my head. No one can get out of their head. Fucking Hamzat deleting him. Yep. <laughs> now we got Joe fucking Piper stepping up to that. Be Joe Piper. I think Joe Piper is going to hit this bitch out the park. <laughs> Not. <laughs> <laughs> Not only because Are of you his calling powers. Gerald Mearshart a bitch, Jeff. No, 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 no. I'm talking he about. Either. I'm just talking about. The, You're talking about the challenge. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, there yes. you go. <laughs> Not only because of that, but because Gerald Mearshart has one of the worst fucking signatures I've ever seen out of any athlete. Wait, like I sign. have a I have a poster signed by him that Mike gifted me, dude. If you oh can my see God. this GM three. That's all it says. It's written in. It's it, it, written in toddler fucking handwriting. It's, it looks like a toddler. I know y'all can't GM3. see this, but it looks like I wrote it, and I yeah. have the handwriting of a fucking arthritic stooge. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, so Jefferson's fading Mearshart because of his awful autograph. Um, and Joe and, Piper's power. Hell yeah, Mikey. What are your up thoughts? Second on this one? in the reasoning. <laughs> uh, I, I'm definitely supporting a local. I'm definitely riding my Joey Body Bags Piper. I think this could be very reminiscent of uh, Paula Costa, Luke Rockhold. Like, oh. I think I, I think watched that Mears- fight last night. I swear to God, I watched that fight <laughs> with my roommate last night because we were playing UFC and I played Luke Rockhold 
And he was like, who the hell is that? And I was like, oh, boy, let me show you some fucking fights. Like, I th- <laughs> yeah, I think it could be like similar too. I think Mearshart could show a lot of like little moments in the fight. We were like, damn, he's back. He's got it. But let's be real, dude. He's fighting a 26-year-old, like Max said, who could fucking – he could knock you out of the arena if you wanted to. He could send your fucking hairpiece off your head into the crowd. Like, he's fighting a guy who just seems – like, almost like Della Maddalena, who just seems unbeatable at the moment. I, I can't see Mearshart winning this. I hope it turns into Paula Costa Rockhold. I hope it turns into a slugfest. But I, I, I'm taking body bags. All right, I'm not gonna be the only one. I that I rewatched that fight last night, and that fight fucking sucks, dude. It's just funny, but it's it's actually a shitty fight. But yeah, I I do see. I thought it, it was awesome. I know I thought it was awesome in the moment too, but I rewatched it, and it's like there's cool. No, moments. you thought it was bad in the moment too. I thought maybe I did. I thought it. I I acknowledge the awesome like aspects of it. I think, but this it was a shit fight. If you like go back and watch. I was gonna say entertainment value was awesome, but in terms yeah. of like technical mixed martial arts, no. Yeah, yeah it was. Well, it was... it's a bigger weight fight. What you what do you think? True. Also, <laughs> the camera angles in that fight were insanely good, though. Not gonna lie on that one. That they were like it felt like there's a cameraman in there going right up to the guy's fucking face. Um. All right. Let's fall, let's finish it up here. Cynthia Cavillo versus Lupe Godinez. Cavillo nine five and one on a four fight loss streak. Uh, Lupe is eight and three coming off of a loss. Cavillo thirty five on a four fight loss streak, cutting down to one fifteen to fight Lupe. Um, that really fucking scares me. I'm taking Lupe here. I love watching Lupe fight. I think I know her nickname is Lupe because of Lupita, but being her first name, but she throws looping ass strikes. Like she throws very long and wide strikes. She's got some power behind her. I like watching Lupita uh, Lupi fight. And um, that Angela fight, Angela Hill fight with her was really awesome. That's where I became a, a fan of hers. Um, and I, I think she gets the win here against an aging uh, Cynthia Covillo, although it is a test for Lupi. Um, But I think, I mean, Angela Hill is a bigger test, in my opinion, than that, because Angela Hill is fucking awesome. So, Mikey, what are your thoughts on this pick and this fight? Max, you fucking summed up these two women's fight perfectly. Like, every thought I had, you just put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm obviously riding your pick as well. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, same fucking here, dog. I I mean, mean, I I think Cavillo's kind of over the hill. I mean, her wins weren't, I don't want to say they weren't really impressive, but they were kind of just wearing people down and just getting a rear naked choke when they were tired almost and like broken which is a great game plan but at this point in your career it's not sustainable i don't think you're outcasting loopy yeah i agree with that um yeah i mean i think and like you said dude uh a loss to Angela Hill is not anything to shrug your shoulders at. And let's not forget, she also beat fucking Loma, Luke Boomy, and Loma Luke Boomy is a fucking brawler. Oh, they know, the the fans know our fucking love of Loma. We fucking love. Dude, Loma. she's one of my favorites. Yeah, I want to note one more thing before we uh, send this off. That I should have noted in the beginning. Did you guys see that Dustin Poirier is making his debut as an analyst? What really? I didn't see that. Oh yeah, this weekend. Yeah, oh, post fight. Oh yeah, shit. It's like him, uh, Dean, and who's the other person who does it with Dean? Uh, I can't even. No, it's John something, John Eves or something. Oh, yeah, I don't really it's watch them. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, I'd rather anyone than Anthony Smith. So. Yeah, I'll uh, take it. Uh, 
Jeff, I'm on the fucking Anthony Smith hate train. I'll take with you, Theo dude. Vaughn out there scene. rather than fucking Anthony Smith. <laughs> Shout out Theo Vaughn. He was in New Hampshire, gave my roommate <laughs> knuckles at the ball. At, that sounded wrong, but he. Dude, it's the second time you've ran into that motherfucker. I yeah, I know. He was in New Hampshire. I didn't meet him. Uh, I met him in Tennessee, but he met my roommate. And uh, my roommate works at a hotel that he was staying at in Portsmouth. Shout out Theo. Um, fucking uh, Rogies is back, too. It's oh, Rogie. Yeah. DC and oh, I yeah. can't remember. It's no Bisping this week, which I'm pumped for. Yeah, I yeah we're man, all aligned here. Like eating all my man Mike. He's you know I, what? I'll be happy when he comes back, but he needs a break, dude. He, he does, needs, he a, needs brain a break. Reset. That's yeah. That's the that's the best word. For I'm it. tired he, of it. He, I I like it. He fucking half the time I'm zooted and zoned out in my mind. So fuck <laughs> it. He, I relate to him and all the goofy fucking shit that he brings up. Yeah, like um, you said, it's like he glitches. Though it's almost like he's like not watching the same fight sometimes. Dude, his fucking random bullshit that he'll bring up throughout <laughs> the fucking card is the best. Oh yeah, it is the best, dude. I was listening to one fucking prelim fight the other, fucking <laughs> what you call it, and he was talking to Laura about like fucking sucking toes or some shit on there. I was like, yeah, what yeah, the fuck's going on? Yeah, I remember this that. Is- yeah, dude, he's a wild boy. One of the Mike, one of the, Mike's a wild boy. He is one of the fights. Um, when I was watching back in preparation for this episode, I was it was him, DC, and Paul Felder talking about the weather for fucking so long, and then Bisping got mad. It was pretty funny. He is, he's quite the character. But he's yeah, no, the, usually by those post fight um interviews, I'm like fucking like, like the after shows. I'm like seeing double. Um, I'm Dude, faded, oh so I don't God. usually half, watch this. Yeah, half the time I'm fucking. You gotta time the drinking out for the cards. <laughs> so Blackout. Yeah, you gotta. It's it's a hard time. <laughs> I always start drinking around fight four or five, so I start. I keep up a good pace where I'm not like I, I can remember everything. But I right. wish someone could give me an explanation. Why the fuck can't they make the fights a tad bit earlier? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's I don't know. I really don't know. But um. All right, let's wrap it up here. Let's leave some meat on the fucking bone, boys. Um, if you guys are interested, by the way, in the WWE and the UFC merge, I talk about that in the episode of the Lubcast that came out yesterday. So stay tuned and check that out. Um, that's why we didn't cover it on here. I know it is UFC related, so we should have covered it on Uppercut, but I figured um, it wasn't enough for us to talk about it on this thing. So I left it on one of our segments of the Lubcast. Check that out. Uh, make sure to join the verdict. Give us a five-star rating, if you please, um, on at Spotify and Apple Music. It really, really helps us, and we really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening so much. We will be back with a review episode coming out this weekend. So thank you all for listening, and peace. Peace.